You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome to the program. Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. It's hour one on this Tuesday. Come on in, stay a while. You were forewarned last night with the Titans against the Bills. We'll dive into that coming up. Got a play of the day, stat of the day, poll question. All of that forthcoming NBA season opener tonight. We'll talk to NBA on TNT host Adam Lefko. He's in Milwaukee. Milwaukee versus the Nets coming up tonight. Titans beat the Bills. Both teams now 4-2. and two. Braves at the Dodgers. Game 3. That's this afternoon, by the way. Astros at the Red Sox will be later on tonight. That'll be Game 4. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address, dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. Say good morning. Good morning to our streaming partner, Peacock. Download the app. Watch for free all three hours. And our radio affiliates around the country. In some ways... The Titans running back Derrick Henry feels like he belongs in a different era because today's NFL is all about the passing game and running backs are probably judged by their ability to catch passes and maybe pick up blitzes. No longer do teams run to set up the pass. They pass to make the run a little easier. Henry and the Titans turned that formula on its head a couple of years ago, and they're not trying to fool you. They let you know Derrick Henry's coming right at you. Just try to stop him. And last night, the Bills couldn't. Well, at least on one run, a 76-yarder that helped Tennessee pick up the win. Derrick Henry is leading the league in rushing by over 200 yards through six weeks. Teams aren't geared to stop Derrick Henry. They used to be. But defenses have gotten smaller and faster. And this is to counter the spread offenses. And that makes somebody like Derrick Henry a unique challenge because there's no other running back like him. You know, he took Tennessee to the AFC title game in 2019. He's 27, still going strong. And we'll see if he can do the same for the Titans and maybe take them further while he's still at the top of his game. There have been a lot of analytics on Derrick Henry. And I've said this for years At some point, some team is going to have a counterattack. That if you have smaller defensive players, you want faster defensive players, you got to cover your wide receivers, you got to be able to get to the quarterback. At some point, somebody is going to utilize a running game. And Derrick Henry has been that battering ram. It's like I've said about the NBA everybody's trying to shoot the three. Does somebody maybe have a counterintuitive approach and they just have big men? Like, how would you deal with Shaq in today's NBA game? How would you utilize him? Because you wouldn't be relying on the three. And we've seen this with teams that they can't compete that way, shouldn't try to compete that way, so they build a team differently. And you've seen that with Tennessee. Now, the analytics are looking at Derrick Henry. If he can keep up this pace per game, over his last 40 games, he's averaging almost 120 rushing yards per game. So it would take him almost 100 games to break Emmett Smith's record. And he would do that at the uh, age of 33. That's the same age that Emmett Smith was when he set the record. Okay, I don't like when somebody says somebody's on pace. Because I go back to if somebody throws four touchdown passes in the first week of the NFL season, what are they on pace for? Well, the odds of that happening are very, 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 well, they're not happening. And that's why when you say, you know, he's on a pace for, okay, that doesn't mean he's going to be able to maintain that pace, not that running style. And, you know, Emmett was different because that was a balanced offense he had. He had an unbelievable offensive line. He had Hall of Famers on that offensive line. He had a Hall of Fame quarterback. He had a Hall of Fame wide receiver. 
Emmett was durable as well. You know, I remember when he had the separated shoulder one season. But Derrick Henry started out where he wasn't the featured back the first couple of years. He wasn't even the featured back at Alabama's entire career there. So he does have less wear and tear, but he is inviting contact there. And it's a little bit different. Is he a bigger running back, faster running back than Emmett Smith? He is. But it felt like you could run to set up the pass or you could pass to set up the run with the Dallas Cowboys with that team. They were that versatile. With Tennessee, I'd like to see more out of those wide receivers. They just can't stay healthy. And Ryan Tannehill has proven he's gotten that second, second chance, second career, and he's played well. But it comes down to Derrick Henry and playing pretty good defense because that's what happened last night. I mean, Buffalo did a pretty good job on Derrick Henry. I mean, Buffalo could have won that game. Derrick Henry had one big run, but then they were holding him to about three yards per carry. You just, you got to hold on for dear life and not let him hit a home run, and, and that's what happened last night. But it came down to a quarterback sneak, game of inches. Josh Allen, and he talked about it last night on the failed fourth down conversion. Didn't work out in our favor, obviously. Didn't have the greatest footing. It happens, game of inches. Game of inches. You know, the, gate, the, the play before was pretty close to. Didn't turn out in our favor today. We were 2-5 of five in the red zone. We can't do that uh, against a team like this. You know, a lot of shoulda, coulda, woulda's. I got no doubt that you know we're going to use this to fuel us and uh, be ready to go in two weeks. Here's the Bills head coach, Sean McDermott, on that play. You know, at the end of the day, I trust him, and uh, and I'll trust him again if we're in that situation again. So I'll take Josh Allen, um, as you said, Sal, 10 times out of 10. So give them the credit. They made the play they had to make uh, when the game was on the line. Week 5, last season, Titans beat the Bills 42-16. I think the Titans are a good team. When healthy, I think they can be a really good team. But we haven't seen that yet. But last night, that's one of those wins that you, you might look back on this and say, wow, that was an impressive win, or that really propelled this team. I don't know, and I still think the Bills are the team to beat right now in the AFC. Uh, but that win last night, you know, that's impressive. And uh, I think the Titans, that's one of those where you just tap people on the shoulder and say, we're still here because it's such a long season. And everybody is getting injured. Like, hey, let's tack on another game. Yeah, sure. And look at all the injuries. And here we are. Six weeks, seven weeks. You might have to have another bye week for these teams. But this is a battle of attrition. Can Derrick Henry continue to do this? Will those wide receivers be healthy? You know, I just don't know about Julio Jones. And there were certainly whispers when he was in Atlanta that he didn't want to play football anymore. And he wanted out. They had no problem letting him go. Because I think they saw, if if he's got something, uh, it might not be for long. Yeah, McLovin. Can I share a 1990s football hot take real quick? Sure. I think Emmitt Smith was a bit overshadowed by Barry Sanders being so spectacular. So yeah. it's hard to see his legacy for what it is. Uh, well, I think Emmett acknowledges that if Barry had stayed and wanted to play, he would have broken his record. Emmett was just... You just plugged and played, and, and you just – he was so reliable. And, and there wasn't – he wasn't a highlight uh, player. In, in, a, in an era of highlights and how important highlights were back then, he just, he just gave you seven. He gave you nine. He gave you four. He gave you 13. 
That's just Emmett. He just kept pounding away at you. Barry was minus one, plus one, 62, <laughs> minus one, plus one, 58. That's, that was his style, but he didn't play behind that Detroit, you know, that Detroit offensive line, you know, did not compare to what Dallas had. And they were one-dimensional. So what Barry did is more remarkable, in my opinion, than what Emmett did. But Emmett had everything you want on that offense, and he took advantage of it. But, you know, part of being a great player is being available. And Emmett was available. And he, you know, you could, you could plug. You knew that he was going to be there, and you knew how dangerous he could be. And uh, Barry was dangerous in a different way. Yeah, McLovin. Is there any consensus on who the best running back of all time is? Kind of like Jerry Rice is for wide receiver. Um, I, I think if you look at Jim Brown, what he did when he played, it was remarkable because he was so fast and so big and he was unstoppable. Here's a guy who got bored after nine years playing in the NFL. And I think he walked away and I, I think they played 12 games or 14 games, maybe 12. And he had, you know, like 16, 1700 yards. He decided to retire to go into movies. He was done. He was done with football after nine years. If Jim Brown continued to play, then Jim Brown would probably be the all-time rushing leader. 1,600 yards his last season in 14 games. So he didn't play 16. He's playing 14. 1,600 yards, he walks away. Barry Sanders walks away. Got tired of losing. Emmett playing on a great team, America's team, and you had all those weapons, and of course you're going to want to stay around for that. Yeah, Paul. By the way, Jim Brown never missed a game due to injury. Yeah. He started every single game of his career that he was eligible to play. Um, isn't if For those who didn't see Jim Brown play, is Derrick Henry a pretty decent comparison? He's bigger than some of the linebackers trying to tackle him, and he's like forcefully dominant. Uh, a little bit, uh, Apples and oranges, but like from the physicality standpoint. Yeah, Jim Brown took on contact and, uh, you know, but just he was so much bigger than the players and the defensive backs back then were like 5'10", 5'11", you know, maybe 200 pounds. Jim Brown was just faster and bigger than everybody. And he played on a really good, you know, Cleveland Browns offense, a really good Cleveland Browns uh, team. But, you know, when you start to compare generations of who they're playing against uh, the, you know, the quality of, of today's athlete with Derrick Henry, uh, as opposed to Jim Brown, you know, there's a big difference in there, but I, it's always dangerous when you compare because, you know, somebody would say, well, how would Jim Brown do in today's NFL? Well, he would be, he'd be different. He'd be built different. Uh, they would ask him to be catching passes out of the backfield and uh, Jim Brown that type of athlete would probably still be very successful in the NFL. But Derrick Henry is just, that's unique. But I can go back to Kristen Okoye, who played for the Kansas City Chiefs, who was one of those physical runners. You know, he would, he would take on contact here. But Derrick Henry has that great top-end speed that you don't find in somebody that big. Yeah, McLovin. Are you impressed by uh, someone's restraint here in this running back, all-time running back debate? Um, you know, Walter Payton is one of the great running backs of all time. Easy. I, you know, I can't – he didn't play for great teams, uh, but I – Which I makes never, it what he did more impressive? 
Yeah, but he wasn't better than Barry Sanders, in my opinion, with if you want true electricity, Barry Sanders was Gail Sayers was more electric than Walter. But Walter was Emmett Smith without the great weapons up front or a great quarterback or great receivers. And, you know, what what you saw from Walter Payton was pure Walter Payton. But, you know, in today's NFL, Walter Payton will have a thousand catches in his career. I mean, he was that versatile. But, you know, once again, if you said I'm going to put in a, a tape and watch a running back, I'd probably watch Jim Brown or Barry Sanders just because it was unique. And it's still unique. There's nobody like Barry Sanders. Nobody. And you never saw him get hit. Never. And he can make everybody look silly. Like we look at Chris Johnson and we go, man, that guy's unbelievable. Well, he did it for one year. Barry did it for a decade and then walked away and said, I, I don't want to lose anymore. I'm tired of this. I mean, that's pretty remarkable. Two of the greatest running backs of all time walked away from the game because they were pretty much fed up. Jim Brown was bored and Barry Sanders didn't want to lose anymore. This program brought to you by the great folks at Panini America. Hottest rookies, biggest superstars, the all-time greats. Only one place to collect them all, Panini Trading Cards. For instant classics, autograph cards, memorabilia cards, rare inserts, hottest rookie cards. Start or continue your collection now at PaniniAmerica.net. Adrian Peterson is a forgotten man, in my opinion. Because Adrian Peterson, you know, obviously had issues, uh, suspended. But I thought Adrian Peterson could end up as the all-time rushing leader. I really thought that. And he was spectacular, and he was consistent, and he was durable. But, uh, you know, you, you look at Frank Gore. Look at some of these guys where you go, man, how do you stay in the game that long? Uh, Curtis Martin had unbelievable numbers. LaDainian Tomlinson. Like, there's so many great running backs. You just, uh, we're lucky. You know, having been able to have watched them, uh, you know, from Jim Brown on, you know, they're, it's a long list of great, great running backs. Yeah, I'm in club. How about a shout out to that peak of Earl Campbell for a couple of years? Yep. Yeah. Earl Campbell, those first three or four years, and they, they took a toll on Earl, too. You know, he's still paying the price for, for that type of running attack. Yeah, Paul. Earl Campbell's first three years, 78, 79, and 80, he ran for 1,450, 1,700, 1,900, leading the league in rushing all three years, leading the league in touchdowns all three years. We'll get to phone calls, settle on a poll question. By the way, a bunch of new T-shirts available in the store, danpatrick.com, the Justin Herbert-inspired Charger football is fun T-shirt. Aaron Rodgers still owns the Bears, and we have a T-shirt to prove it, plus a bunch more available at danpatrick.com. All right, we'll take a break here, and uh, we'll be back. We'll settle on our poll question. Your phone calls are always welcome. Back after this on the Dan Patrick Show. You get finished golfing, lifting weights, running around the neighborhood, 10K, or just a 10-minute walk. You got those sore muscles, post-workout discomfort, popping up in new spots all the time. That's why I'm thankful for Level Select CBD sports creams and roll-ons. Use the roll-on right before you're working out. Or are you going to go play golf? Use it right after, and you feel immediate relief. Carson Palmer, who joins us every Monday, is the one who turned me on to it. Ricky Fowler uses it. Steve Garvey, the former baseball great, 
I trust Level Select CBD because it's formulated with doctors. There's a high concentration of CBD and it allows you to feel it work immediately. Usually in 30 seconds or less, made with 0% THC. You apply the uh, Level Select to the sore spots, let that proprietary blend of CBD go to work, and you'll feel the relief immediately. Go to LevelSelectCBD.com, use the promo code DP30. That will give you $30 off your entire order today. LevelSelectCBD.com, promo code DP30. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, and South Dakota. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Polly is maturing. Me? Yeah. Hey, you didn't freak out when I didn't christen Walter Payton as the greatest running back of all time. It was tough. There were some internal rumblings <laughs> going on, like after a rough meal. Derrick Henry. That touchdown covered 76 yards. That gives him 11 touchdowns of 50 yards or longer. Who has the most 50 yards or longer touchdown runs in NFL history? I'll give you who's second and third on the list, because I don't think you're going to get who's number one. You don't usually equate him to great speed. Barry Sanders had 15 touchdowns of 50 yards or longer. Jim Brown had 12. The leader in the clubhouse, 16. Anybody want to wager a guess? Most 50 yards or longer touchdowns for an NFL career. He has been mentioned on the show in the last 20 minutes. Yes, McLevin? I feel like your setup is leading us towards Walter Payton a little bit. The answer is no. Okay. Paulie? Curtis Martin? The answer is no. Wait, did you say most 4.5-yard gains? That's Curtis Martin. Wow. Well, (laughs) uh, anybody else want to wager a guess if you said... Adrian Peterson? Adrian Peterson, come on down. Is it? No. Yes. 16 touchdowns of 50 yards or longer. I was going to say Tiki Barber, but that's... That's Paulie. Wait. Oh, my God. Oh please! Once once Paulie gets on it on on a player oh, topic, I know he's like Tiki Barber. If he played one more year, he'd be a Hall of Famer. I don't even like him. I know, but he he didn't. He didn't play one more year. Yeah, but if he did, <laughs> he's he's his last five seasons. I know, I know, I know. I can't get. I can't do this topic. Right, I know. We we don't even get Tiki Barber to come on to talk about Tiki. He's Barber. sick of me talking about him. <laughs> yes. I'm pumping him up. He'll be like, shut up. Yes, McLovin. They weren't impactful yards all the time. There were a lot of screen passes on Tiki Barber's run. Okay, but you can say that about Barry Sanders. They weren't impactful numbers because the Lions weren't impactful. Like I, that's not fair to the running back. Well, I don't think running back receiving stats are, are respected. Like, Larry Centers catches 84 balls. I don't think that's the same as Jerry Rice. Because they're just yeah, but Larry passes. Centers isn't rushing for 1,500 yards. Like, Roger Craig was such a valuable weapon for the 49ers. But the, and that being said, he's not in the Hall of Fame. No, because he didn't have enough numbers at either, you know, receiving or running. But he was so valuable for that team. Yeah, Paulie. I know what McLevin's saying. Like, like let's say Tiki Barber, Barber, for instance, caught a lot of passes, and they were like eight yards a catch. But his last three seasons, he ran for 1,500, 1,900, and 1,700. Those aren't passes. Those are handoffs. Yeah. All right, we're done with Tiki Bar. Good. Okay. 
We move on. Yeah, what, Michelob? You know, had a lot of stats like that. Ricky Waters always had a lot of receiving. And I have been a proponent for Ricky Waters being in the Hall of Fame. He's got the numbers. Because I think he's got 10,000 rushing yards, and he was the first running back I remember that could beat you running and receiving. And I don't remember somebody who was as good as him uh, at both back then. And, he, and did he rush for... Yeah, Dan, Dan, he rushed for 10,600 yards in nine seasons, and he also caught 467 balls. Yeah. But he's. it used to be a running back. You got to 10,000 yards in your career. You were a Hall of Famer. But I don't know what the number is going to be just because of the position. Now I think it's going to be combined numbers of how many receptions and then how many rushes, how many yards did you get you know, from line of scrimmage. Yeah, McLevin. Yeah, we looked at the active leaders, and there's nobody. Like People aren't even getting close to Emmett. I mean, except for Derrick Henry, and he's 71st on the list right now. Okay, but who has the most yards not in the Hall of Fame right now as a running back? Well, it's going to be Frank Gore. Like, if you look at yards from scrimmage total, Frank Gore is fourth all-time in NFL history. But he's going to be a Hall of Famer. Yeah, he's not eligible yet. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. Adrian Peterson's a Hall of Famer, right? Yes, he is. He's he's high up on the list. Yes. Yeah. Is there anybody that we're forgetting should be in the Hall of Fame? At, at 17, 11,000 rushing yards, Fred Taylor? No. Close. No. And then you go down to Steven Jackson is, is 18th all-time. Corey Dillon is 20th. You're getting to a bunch of guys who may not go to the Hall of Fame. LaShawn McCoy, Warwick Dunn, Ricky yeah, Waters. Not, yeah. Uh, Steven Jackson was similar to Derrick Henry. Or Derrick Henry, similar, Steven Jackson. Steven Jackson was a big running back, physical running back, but just trying to have durability. And, uh, you know, you're, you're taking on those hits. I know Derrick Henry delivers. He gives hits. But after a while, you know, you always see running backs, they'll run differently. Usually after their first contract, when they get that second one, they'll run differently. Because now it's about self-preservation. Like, I ran hard to get this contract. And players will talk about this. You know, Brandon Jacobs, man, he ran, he he went right at you. And then second contract, and then he started to dance a little bit more. But you see this with running backs and, you know, self-preservation. Yeah, McLovin. Did you know Steven Jackson is a close friend of the Danettes? That is probably a fact that you were not aware of. You hung out with him at a Super Bowl? No, we were at a Rams game. You were filming Sports Jeopardy. Oh. And the four of us were in a box at the Rams game. And Steven Jackson was, for all intents and purposes, the fifth day really? What a nice guy. Really? All right. Well, it's a good thing I said some nice things about him then. Uh, what's poll question today, by the way? Well, uh, we have a lot of options here. Uh, last night, there was a big debate on Twitter. Who is the greatest combination of speed and size you've ever seen in the NFL? The Derrick Henry is 247. A lot of people said that Lawrence Taylor was the right answer for that. He was about 240. Yeah. There's no right answer for that, but I thought it was an interesting debate. Mm. Bo Jackson came up a lot. I would, I would say Bo Jackson. Yeah. He was listed at 230, but I think he might have been even bigger. Yeah. I, Bo Jackson, there, there's nobody like Bo Jackson. This is a dumb name. Would you put Jadavian Clowney in that conversation? Mm-hmm. He has like a ridiculous 40 time. Yeah, but I, how do you use your 40 time? That's what I want to know. Henry Ruggs might be the fastest guy in the NFL. That doesn't mean he's a good receiver. It, this guy can really run. Uh, John Ross, you know, drafted by the Bengals. 
hey, I, this guy can run. Can he catch? Uh, not so much. Hollywood Brown, man, can he run? Can he catch? Sometimes. Yeah. Who was uh, my favorite uh, receiver I always made fun of? Uh, he played with the Texans. A speedster? Uh, Will Fuller. Man, that guy can run. Yeah, but he can't catch. So that's what I always want to know. There are guys, like Jerry Rice ran a 4-6-40, but he didn't get caught from behind. Like if Jerry Rice came out now, Mississippi Valley, and they go, man, this guy he runs a 4-6. 4-6? All right, well, maybe he can be like a third-down possession guy. It's just how do you use your speed? And certain guys are faster on the football field than they are at a combine. Yeah, Paul. Based off that question, I'd even put someone like Bruce Smith or Reggie White in that list. I know they're not you know, 40 yards fast, but they seem faster than they should be for 300 pounds. Way more athletic than they should be for 300 pounds. Yeah. It's just, you, you don't have to have great top-end speed. It feels like you have to get from point A to point B, and how quickly do you do that? That's why when they do running backs, I want to know how quickly you run five yards. Can you get to top-end speed at five yards? Because I want to know how quickly you hit the hole. And then, do you break tackles? Like, those are things that would be important for me. Because Emmett Smith would get to the hole, he'd break tackles. It didn't mean that he had great... I, he probably ran a 4-5-40. Emmett might have run a 4-6-40, for all I know. I just know Emmett kept moving. Jerome Bettis, I don't know what his 40-yard time was. But when he got the ball, he got to the hole, nobody wanted to tackle him. What do you have, Paul? When Emmett Smith went to the combine, he ran a 4.5540. Okay. I mean, that's, that's quarterback. It's Cam Newton. That's Andrew Luck. That's slower than Derrick Henry. I just, I enjoy watching Derrick Henry. And he's a difference maker. And I still think the Titans are going to be involved in a bigger picture here. Can they get to the playoffs? If they get to the playoffs with that running back, that style is different than anybody else. And if those two receivers, if Brown and Julio Jones can stay healthy and help out Ryan Tannehill, I'm not sold on the defense. You know, they, they lost uh, Caleb Farley. Um, you know, Bud Dupree, we're waiting for him to be great, former Steeler. But I do think with that coach, that style, uh, they get in. That, that's one of those, we don't want to face them. We don't want that matchup. Yeah, McLovin. How about for a poll? Uh, you asked the question yesterday, but who's your AFC favorite? Ravens, 5-1. and one, Bills, 4-2. and two, Titans, 4-2. and two, Chargers, 4-2. and two, And you have to put the Chiefs at 3-3. Three and three. Who wins that poll? <sighs> Did the Bills take a hit last night? Because they could have won that game. Probably should have won that game. I'm not sold on Baltimore. I mean, I love Lamar Jackson. <laughs> you know, you forget, and I, I did forget, that defense can be great. And then Lamar, what he does, like to me, Lamar's the most valuable player. If I'm looking at all the quarterbacks, he's the most valuable quarterback. Because I, I think he's got a really good tight end, and that's about it. He doesn't have running backs, and it's basically him. And he's beating you with his arm and his leg. To me, he's the MVP right now. Yeah, see. yeah, they're asking him to do a lot. Him and Derrick Henry are kind of in similar positions where it's like, all right, you just take care of everything and uh, let's see how far we could ride this. But I don't know if Derrick Henry can win the MVP. 
You can look at value to your team, but if he didn't get it when he rushed for 2,000 yards, I just don't know if he'd have to. I I can't see it. I mean, if he breaks Eric Dickerson's record, 21-5, I think it is. I, I, I don't know. I just don't see it. Yeah, McLovin. A counter-argument on the Ravens. They needed a 66-yard field goal to beat the Lions. Every team has these wins, McLovin. The Lions. The Lions got blown out by the Bengals. I'm just saying, my point is, all these teams are in the hopper. None of those have stood out in the AFC. I know, but you have these games where you have to win them. And they had to win that game. They did win that game. And then they blow out the Chargers. So do I take it away from you barely beat the Lions? Or do I give you more credit because you held the Chargers offense in check? Like, you know, you can't just look at, oh, you barely beat, to, oh, man, you roughed up the Chargers. Feels like an open lane for a certain team out of Kansas City. (laughs) I mean, would you? they're still way up there in the odds. I, I know. I'm just, I'm not... I, I didn't abandon ship with the Chiefs. Oh, right. I forgot. No. I didn't even mean because you picked them. I'm just saying, like, they're still the top three in NFL odds for to go to the Super Bowl. Yeah, and, and I, I'm, I'm not going to abandon ship yet. It's Everybody wants to have an opinion, and they want to base this opinion in, in fact. Right now, this is what you, you believe in. Okay, you can believe in that. Nobody believed in the Titans last night. Do you believe in the Titans now? Probably. Oh, Derrick Henry, you know, you get to watch a standalone game. Oh, Josh Allen, you know, you can't be MVP unless you get those big plays you convert. And like, this is this is how it works. We said, what's it going to be like if Buffalo loses last night? And here we are. I don't know. Should have they? Why'd they go for it? All the defense didn't think they could stop Derrick Henry and overtime. This is what happens. Everybody gets an opportunity. But. We'll move on. And by the way, the Titans have a brutal schedule coming up. They, they got, I mean, they have the Texans again. Yeah, McLovin. Yeah, KC next week, uh, which is funny. It's a one o'clock game then at the Colts, at the Rams, yeah. New Orleans, a couple of Houston's at New England. Yeah. What do you, uh, is there any chance, by the way, can you make engineer trade for your Chiefs to get a defensive player or two? Like, is there something? I don't know what they do at the trade deadline. I don't know who's available at the trade deadline, but if you're the Chiefs, you just, I don't know who you could get that can make an impact because there's only so much Patrick Mahomes can do. This is the Chiefs right now with what they give up. I guess the stat is the greatest show on turf averaged seven over seven yards per play. The Chiefs are allowing, I think, over seven yards a play. So their defense is basically treating everybody like the greatest show on turf. Whoa! Yeah, Paul. I saw a saucy trade rumor in uh, New York the other day. You know, mm-hmm. the New York Giants are out. You're probably not going to give Saquon Barkley the big second contract. Trade him for a fourth-round draft choice to a team that's a contender that needs a running back. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was popular yesterday in New York. Okay, but who are you trading him to? The Los Angeles Rams. Mm. That's a team that wouldn't mind having all-purpose running back. I don't know. You just played the Giants. Did you see enough of Saquon <laughs> Barkley where you go, yep, 
Let's add him. But the Rams hate their draft picks. They love getting rid of them, and they, get, <laughs> they and it's worked out pretty well. Did you see where Sean McVay goes? You know, on second thought, I probably could have had better communication with uh, Jared Goff. <laughs> <laughs> really? I I thought when uh, the GM came out and said, "Well, he's our quarterback for now." Like, ah, uh, that's that's communicating with Jared Goff that you're here, but not much longer. And now you have the Lions in the ring. Didn't Jared Goff promise us the jersey from this game with the Rams coming up? Hopefully there's no blood on it. Yes, Todd. What if Saquon found his way to Baltimore? What would that do to the Ravens? Huh? That could be the missing piece in them going to the Super Bowl. I don't know. Give them a uh, fifth injury-prone running back. <laughs> That'd be great. Wow. Too soon. Shot. <laughs> Shot there. Uh, David in Arkansas. Hey, David, good morning. What's on your mind today? They call me Pittsburgh Dave. <laughs> and uh, so you've got this running back, you know, discussion. And there's another one, another part of it that I want to get into. And it's style. And I think as great as Franco was, the greatest, I think the greatest match of style, player, and city ever was Jerome Bettis. There was nothing like seeing him wear down a team the way the Steelers were wearing where it was just and, – and Derrick Henry does some of this as well. He just gets better and better as the game goes on and you can't do anything about it. I loved watching Jerome Bettis play. Yeah, he was a battering ram, and thanks for the phone call. Running backs with more than 10,000 yards – who averaged over four and a half yards per carry in NFL history. Barry Sanders, Adrian Peterson, Jim Brown, O.J. Simpson, Tiki Barber, <laughs> and Fred Taylor. Pretty impressive list there. Uh, R.J. in Colorado. Welcome back, R.J. What's on your mind? Morning, D.P. Van Etz, just calling in from the free world here. How we doing? Great. What's on your mind? Well, I want to ask you about... Is Bo Jackson possibly the greatest running back of all time that we never got to see come through? We've mentioned Sanders. We've obviously mentioned Jim Brown, but tell me a little bit about why Bo's name still doesn't come up all the time. Well, there was a fascination, but you got to look at production. I mean, you got to, you have to have durability. I mean, how many seasons did Bo play? And while he was fascinating, and I don't think we've seen a running back who had that much size and that much power and speed than Bo. Yeah, Paul. Between injuries and sharing time with football, Bo Jackson never started more than nine games in any of his four seasons. Yeah. That said, he had runs of 91, 92, and 88 yards. He was going to be the greatest breakaway runner in history. He also averaged 5.4 yards a carry in his four seasons, yeah. which would have been the greatest all-time, including Jim Brown. You know, early results. He just didn't play. And, uh, you know, we wonder, and I, I brought this up with Tim Kirchin of the Mothership uh, a couple of days ago, that uh, had Bo stuck with one sport, he would have been a Hall of Famer. Either one, baseball or football. I mean, I truly believe that. All right, we'll take a break. More phone calls coming up. Got our play of the day up next. We'll dive into the opening night in the NBA next hour. Baseball this afternoon and tonight. We'll preview those games coming up as well. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, I'm Doug Gottlieb. The podcast is called All Ball. 
We usually talk all basketball all the time, but it's more about the stories about what made these people love their sport and all the interesting interactions along the way. We talk to coaches. We talk to players. We tell you stories. You download it. You listen to it. I think you'll like it. Listen to All Ball with Doug Gottlieb on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, my God. The play. The play is called play. Of the day. Runner left side, got it! Play it and play it. This is the play of the day. Check this out. We got nothing to Schwarber. He kicks and he delivers. Swing. There's a long drive to right field. Deep toward the grandstand. Tucker looking up. It is gone into the grandstand. Grand slam. Kyle Schwarber. 6-0 Red Sox. Can you believe it? Courtesy of the Red Sox Radio Network. Red Sox are the first team in baseball history with three grand slams in a single playoff series. Just the second with three grand slams in a single postseason. Only other team to do that, 1998 Atlanta Braves. By the way, guess how many grand slams the Red Sox hit during the uh, regular season? Three. They've hit that many so far in this postseason series with the Astros. That's your play of the day. Play of the day brought to you by M-Drive. Go to mdrivedan.com. Free shipping, 60-day guarantee. Compete against the younger guys with M-Drive. The supplement for driven men supports healthy testosterone levels, boost energy. Don't let age beat you. Get M-Drive. Aaron Boone will be back as the Yankees manager. Jack Curry of the Yes Network reports that it's a three-year contract for Aaron Boone to come back and manage the Yankees. That had been the rumor all along. Now they're making it official. More phone calls in here. Uh, Andrew in Connecticut. Hey, Andrew, what's on your mind? Uh, six foot, 195. Uh, speaking of the Red Sox, longtime Red Sox fan, and I mean, I don't want to get over uh, overly optimistic, but are the Red Sox going to win the World Series? That's the overreaction take for this Tuesday. I'd love to hear your opinion on that. I don't, I don't know, Andrew. I'm not going to overreact. Uh, but uh, they're up two games to one. That's all I know. Everybody, it feels like if you don't have any uh, investment in these other teams, you're hoping it's the Dodgers and the Astros. Well, Dodgers are down 0-2 with an afternoon game. And, uh, you know, with what happened with uh, the Astros against the Red Sox last night, and Boston's up two games to one. So, you know, the Braves against the Red Sox feels a whole lot different than Dodgers, Astros. Yeah, McLovin. To say the Red Sox were going to win the World Series in July would have been uh, an overstatement. To say it now is there's a that's not a gutsy take. They got a good chance. It's yeah. it's uh, going to be uh, them or the Astros going to the World Series, right? And, so <laughs> he's like, I got. I'm going to go way ahead, way out of the limb here. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think it's that far out right now. By the way, uh, I saw this uh, headline: Pro Football Talk with Mike Florio. Is Jared Goff in danger of getting benched? Dan Campbell at his press conference said, you know, we're going to shake things up. I don't know if that means shaking things up and uh, maybe benching Jared Goff. Now, Jared Goff and the team's next game being a trip to L.A. to face the Rams. And I don't know if this is a situation where the Rams, who know Jared Goff better than anybody else, probably can't wait to see Jared Goff coming up this weekend. But... I don't know if that's enough to uh, 
shake up the Detroit Lions, but Dan Campbell, that style, that old school style, you know, he wants to shake it up, and he called out his uh, quarterback after the loss there as well. But uh, that's uh, Florio mentioning that with the Lions now 0-6. Yes, Pauling. Jared Goff's future is pretty short there. They're going to have the number one pick in the draft, and I think they got the Rams pick next year in the first round, so they got a couple shots to grab a quarterback. Yeah, and I wondered about that when they got him. How long were they going? You know, the Rams foolishly paid him $33 million a year. They re-signed Jared Goff. And, you know, there were all kinds of warning signs that you, they shouldn't do that, that the head coach didn't love him, didn't see him as a long-term uh, solution, but they did re-sign him and then found a taker in him with the Detroit Lions. But uh, do you bench him going into the Rams game? Yeah, McLovin. It's going to be a brutal race for whatever quarterbacks there are next offseason because we've listed eight teams that need to draft a quarterback. Somebody has to be the first quarterback selected by default. Somebody is going to be, oh, that quarterback is going to be there. It's just it's somebody we don't know right now. Because until the scouts get their hands on these guys, anybody else who does a mock draft, you know, they're, they're really just throwing darts in the dark. You know, you're just not quite sure. Now, there'll be guys who rise. There'll be guys who are going to move up. There'll be guys who fall down. But anybody who's trying to speculate now on these quarterbacks is just sort of putting it out there as clickbait. Because, you know, somebody's going to be, hey, he's only six foot. He's not six two. Uh, he runs this. He doesn't run that. His arm strength is this. It's not that. I mean, this is what happens. That's the process. Anybody who is speculating now, uh, I would take the odds that what you're uh, speculating on, you probably won't be correct. Yeah, McLovin. I noticed I was looking at some mock drafts. There's a lot of defensive guys this year. Remember last year, there was no defensive picks at all. Yeah. That makes for a pretty unsexy draft. Yeah. Yeah. There's no real boy. Can't wait to see where that guy goes to. Yeah. It's like a Derek Stingley, who you mentioned yesterday. Yeah. Guys like that are sought after. All right. A couple of phone calls in here. Dino in New York. Hi, Dino. What's on your mind? How you doing, Dan? Good Five sir. nine two zero five. I uh, want to give my two cents on the running backs. A uh, guy that gets overlooked a lot, in my opinion, he's top five all-around back of all time is the great Marcus Allen. In my opinion, greatest goal line back of all time. I'll take him on the one versus anyone. A tremendous, devastating blocker when he needed to block for Bo Jackson or anyone else. A phenomenal pass catcher through the ball. And also a really big game player in the postseason. He was uh, at another level. Yeah, Mark no, Allen. No. He did. He did what you were talking about. Ricky Waters doing before Ricky Waters did it. Yeah, Marcus was great. Uh, thanks for the call, uh, phone call, Dino. Yeah, Paul. Yeah, Marcus Allen's situation is really weird because in 1985, his fourth year in the league as a Raider, he ran for 1,800 yards. He also caught 67 passes. He led the league in everything, yards from scrimmage. And then he and Al Davis. Yep. Something happened, yep. and it's, there's mixed reports, and he was marginalized. He was given less care, fewer carries. You know, he went from 380 carries to 208, 200, 223. He wasn't given the opportunity to be Marcus Allen for a stretch. And he was a blocking back at USC there for a year. Didn't he block for uh, Charles Davis? That sound right? Charles White. Charles White. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I, I think in, I think he was a quarterback in high school. And uh, his brother was a quarterback in the CFL. Yeah, McLovin. This caller has an argument. In, the, in his last year at 37, he ran for 11 touchdowns for Kansas City. Remember he had that one-yard dive play? That's yeah. all he did. Yeah. He was great at the goal line. That's what Dino was pointing out. All right. More phone calls coming up. We've got one hour in the books. Two more to go. Uh, what's the poll question, McLovin? 
AFC favorite, and it's a surprising team, is running away with it. But I'm not going to tell you right now. Why? Because we're coming up against a break. People are going to have to wait in their car for this one. Well, I don't want to make people late for work. Oh, it is shocking with this revolutionary poll question of the AFC favorite. Wow. (laughs) We will preview the NBA season. Got the Lakers in the Nets. That's coming up.